Remember that video that was uh, released on YouTube and I think probably on the Seahawks website about five years ago, 2015, uh, called Hawk Tackling? Pete Carroll was on there talking about uh, how um, you know he was basically praising the way that the um, the coaching staff of the, uh, the Seahawks on defense coach up their players to tackle in a certain fashion that you know takes the head out of it, but uh, really focuses on tracking the the ball carrier and hitting with the shoulder and wrapping up and this and that. All right, if it sounds like for all those of you who've been been following the podcast if it sounds like this one is a deja vu from a week or two ago uh it's not i am saying it again because if you watch the game on thursday uh you might wonder where what happened to the message what's going on seahawk fans this is robert english your socal seahawk and thank you for joining me on this edition of short yardage and the Seahawks pulled it off. The Seahawks pulled off a win against the the era. Who was it? Who did they play again? The Los Angeles Rams. Um, exciting. First of all, let's just let me just tell anyone who doesn't know. Um, to be a Seattle Seahawks fan, I think you have to be. You certainly have to be in good shape. Like you have to be heart healthy. I, I think it's a very dangerous thing to to be a true Seattle Seahawks fan if you are not heart healthy. If 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 heart disease or heart failure or heart attack or whatever, if you're not cardiovascularly fit, um I would submit that being a Seahawks fan is probably bad for your health because the cardiac kids are going to put you through it every single week apparently. And this is nothing new. This has been the Seahawks MO for a long time. Trust me, I know. Um, I know that most games, more often than not, I end up at some point or another, usually late in the game, sitting there with my chin in my hands, just waiting for the Seahawks to either pull it off or not. But how about this game? I mean, exciting all the way through multiple lead changes, a couple ties, um, it had drama, it had excitement, it had big plays on offense, amazing plays on defense. Um, oh man, the, I mean, it's one of those games it, it, when you can call it, oh, it was a great game. It was a great game, but you know, it's never quite great enough if you didn't win, right? No matter how good a game is, no matter how great a game is, it's never great enough if you didn't win, at least not from my perspective. Like, I don't care how good a game is. If you lose... Like the Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, it was a great game, but who, who cares? You lost. Like, I, the, the greatness of the game does not supersede the fact that, that you lost. <laughs> so I don't care how great the game was. It wasn't that great of a game. You lost. If we had come back and win that game against New England in the Super Bowl, that would have been a great game. <laughs> but, uh, man, uh, I, uh, I mean, just to recap the game a little, um, you know, the Seahawks played Seahawk football. They played Seahawk football, which is to be expected. I mean, not that we expect anything less. We always expect Seahawk football, and we typically always do get Seahawk football. Um, we come out early, uh, looking like we're going to be able to move the ball, and then Jerron Brown puts it on the ground. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Jerron Brown puts the ball on the ground. And um, just like that, we have our first turnover of the game within the first three plays of the game. Um, uh, so then, you say, okay, here we go. We're putting ourselves, we put ourselves in the hole right away. Matter of fact, I think we had a uh, false start or a or holding uh, there too in the first. You know, it was one of those, I think it was a holding. So it was one of those initial drives that we oftentimes come out the gate stumbling. Um, Jerron Brown puts the ball on the ground. The, the Rams get it. Um, and we give up a field goal. No big deal. We give up the ball deep on our own territory. Only give up a field goal. That's a win for the defense all day. We'll take that all day. You turn the ball over deep in your own territory and you only give up three points. That's a win for you. Um, so that was, you know, a little bit of a stumbling right, right out of the gate there. <clears throat> How... Uh, how how good was Russell Wilson on Thursday night? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Russell Wilson hitting Tyler Lockett in the corner in the first quarter of the end zone. Um, in the in the corner of the end zone in the first quarter was unbelievable. I know that most people thought because I was in a large, I was in a venue where a lot of people were there watching the game. And I know that everybody thought he was throwing that ball away. So I can only imagine everybody on, in, the, in the stadium, at least if you were at the opposite, from, from, half, from the halfway point toward the other half of the stadium, um, opposite, you know, opposite end zone, you got to think that Russell's just throwing that ball away. And Tyler Lockett does... The you know, what do you call it? The uh, uh, the toe drag swag, beautiful play, beautiful, unbelievable. That you know, just that it doesn't get any better than that. It does not get any better than that. Period. Um, Russell Wilson ended the day with 268 yards and four touchdowns off of um, 17 completions, uh, 23 attempts. He nearly had a perfect passer rating. Um, I mean, it was very close to perfect. I think it was near the end of the third quarter. Um, Russell Wilson's having an MVP season five games into the season. He is clearly an MVP candidate. And I'm talking about a real candidate this time. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, honorable mention candidate like he has been in years past. Um you know, where like there's there's one, two, three guys who are really there, you know, the world's talking about. And then, yeah, but what about Russell Wilson? No, Russell Wilson is a clear, obvious one, one A, one B uh, for MVP, at least at this point. At least at this point. I have to just make that make that abundantly clear. Uh, Chris Carson ran the ball on Thursday. Twenty seven carries, one hundred and eighteen yards. Uh, for just under four and a half yards of a, a clip, um, that worked. the The running game worked. It was so wonderful to see the running game work against the defensive line and a front seven that we that you, you go into it thinking like, man, are we going to be able to run the ball? Um, just amazing, 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 amazing. Um, so that was good. Without that, we wouldn't have done what we what we did. You know. Uh, I'm still a little bit uh, I'm a little bit unsure about these play calls though. Um uh, you know, and I'm going to bounce around in this, but um if we go ahead and fast forward to the end of the game, 
what was Pete Carroll thinking? I know what he was thinking because on this. Okay, so this is the last drive, the last offensive drive. Uh, not counting the, not counting the, you know, the the victory formation. Obviously, the last offensive drive for Seattle. They ran this play where they uh, were, were Tyler Lockett was split out right, and he, uh, excuse me, he was split out left. And he uh, circled around as if uh, as if a uh, end around type of uh, motion, um, just as a you know just just as a, a foe end around because you don't give it to him you end up handing the ball on a, a slight delay to Chris Carson. Carson got good yard got good yardage. So on that third and two where we had to convert, um, or was it fourth down third down or fourth down? Um, yeah, uh, 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 well we had to convert to get the first down the third uh, third and one third and two. We're ready to convert to get that first down to, to ice the game, to ice the game. First of all, if you have, I mean, you, you just got down, took the lead, and you get the interception from uh, Tedrick Thompson, which we'll get on him in a minute. You get the interception. All you need is one first down, and you ice the game. Make the game look like you went out there and just won instead of just didn't lose, right? Just go out there and ice the game. Now, Again, what I was before I digressed here, I, it might have been two or three plays um, prior to to the to the to the to the faux pas. Um, Lockett motions in an end around fashion. You fake it to him. You give the ball to uh, Carson. He gets good yardage. On that third and two play, they ran the same play. They ran the same play except for they actually played the end around. And instead of it being an actual end around handoff or pitch, they actually played it as if it was a um, option. They played it. Uh, they played it in a in an option format. So Russell fakes the handoff, keeps it himself, and um, uh, whoever followed Lockett uh, around from the other side of the uh, defense um, was there and had to play locked up. Now Russell Wilson. First of all, it's a love-hate relationship I have with Russell Wilson's decisions to run the football because I love that he doesn't run um, any more than he does. And I love that he only gets what he knows he can get and doesn't take unnecessary hits and things like that. However, and maybe, and I might regret saying this because let's just say that this, whatever energy I'm putting into the world actually makes something happen up in Seattle. Um, But Russell could have gotten that first down. There was a gap there where where the where the uh, defender was was matched up with Russell Wilson with the ball in his hand and Lockett uh, out to Russell's right, you know, looking to obviously be waiting for a, a possible uh, pitch. And so the the defender was stuck there. He couldn't really he couldn't commit to either one. Russell could have shot that gap and taken a hit and you know put the you know. Put the ball away, Russell. Lower, lower your head and get the first down. If for no other reason, I say because you know quarterbacks, they 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 have to at least consider the fact that a quarterback might slide. So anytime a quarterback is running with the ball in your, in his hand, you got to think the defense at least have in the back of their mind that that can I hit him? Can I not hit him? Russell could have shot that gap, and I know he would have got that first down. But instead, he gave the pitch. The pitch was blown up. We lost multiple yards. We punted away. And then the Rams go down the field and nearly win the game. When he when when Goff hit uh, Everett across the middle, which we keep getting gashed in the middle by tight ends by everybody. 
the middle, we are so susceptible in the middle. And and this is taking into consideration the fact that most teams are usually soft in the middle. You know, that, that, that's where you attack teams, you know, um, in, 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 and considering the fact that it was late in the game. So you got it. You got to shade to the outside because, you know, you don't want them to stop the clock. But gosh, I just get so tired of seeing us getting hit right down the middle. Um, when he caught that ball, I said, all right, there it is. That's it. That's it. After all that excitement, after all that excitement, I was I was at the bar and I was jumping up and down, hugging on grown men that I'd never met before. Simply because they were rooting for the they were they were they were fellow twelves, and after all that excitement, we were gonna go ahead and give it up to Greg the Leg, and he missed. Unbelievable! The guy never misses. Certainly not from well within his range. So uh, that was exciting. But let me get back to a second here. I told you I'm gonna bounce around. Uh, Hawk tackling. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Hawk tackling when the video came out. Go check it out on YouTube. Hawk tackling. I don't know if by hawk tackling we're talking about this is how the hawks tackle or if a hawk tackle is actually a thing, you know, not at all related to the Seattle Seahawks. But it got coined like that because it came, the Seahawks came out with a video called hawk, ta- hawk tackling. Um, back in the day, back in 2015, you know, when this thing came out, um, I think it was 2015. Um, this is when the Seahawks were the best defense in football. This is, this is when this is when you you know you, when you went to play against the Seahawks you know you weren't going to have a great day offensively win or lose because of the hawk tackling and the hawk intercepting and everything else that we did right um that message is lost again I'm saying the same thing I said in a previous video the tackling is horrible now I am I am going to accept I'm going to give exception only on this okay so the, the 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 seahawks have been tackling poorly all year long but their worst performances okay have been against the saints um honorable mention to the cardinals game last week and certainly on thursday uh against um uh, against the rams now in the saints game they were going against alvin kamara and they could they they it looked like they just simply could not it was like um, uh it was he was a you know, there's a like a David and Goliath situation. They were just bouncing off him. Our best tacklers weren't tackling. Now, I think Bobby Wagner ended with like 18 tackles on the day. So he still did his job. But even he missed on Alvin Kamara. When I say miss, I'm not talking about swinging a miss. I'm talking about get the guy, get him on your body, get your hands on him and not bring him down. Failure, a failure at tackling. Um, last week, uh, David Johnson and, uh, and, and, and his, and his, uh, his cast of, uh, uh, of Arizona Cardinal ball carriers, um, they, you know, they were able to break some tackles from our, our, our defense that we're so proud of, you know, I know the defense is not the same, but that's, we're known for that. We expect defensive play. Um, and then Thursday, Everett was getting the ball and just breaking tackles. The one tackle, the one where he got all the way down to the goal line, just short of the goal line. I mean, it looked like it looked like a college game. It looked like a you know some uh, one of, one of these uh, big big five conference or whatever they you know. <laughs> I'm not at all one of the co- a college football uh, follower, but one of these big college teams playing against one of these little schools. Ones when they when they put up seventy points on them, it looked like that. It's crazy. It was just crazy. Uh, um, Todd Gurley 
They couldn't tackle Todd Gurley. You know, it's 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 crazy just the amount of tackles we're missing. And let me say this. This is what really, you know, chaps my you know what is Tedrick Thompson. And I, I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for the fact that he saved the day nearly potentially with his interception, that was amazing. Amazing interception he made. Um, it was on the end around Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks takes the end around and he got 20 something, 30 something yards on it. Um, and Tedrick Thompson comes down from his safety spot, going to knock, uh, try to go knock Brandon Cooks, is on the sidelines. This, you know, tuck your arms, tuck your head, and throw your body at the lower half of these players uh, is killing me. He totally whiffed on Brandon Cooks. Now I can almost understand it when it comes to when you're when you're going after bigger players. I I still don't like it. Tackle him, tackle his legs. Don't throw your body into his legs. Tackle his legs. I, I don't understand the concept behind it. And maybe it's because I don't play in the NFL. But once you lower your head to the point you can't see the player anymore, there's nothing you can do. Except except for continue in the same direction you were going when you ducked your head. It was it was exactly like the play um, in the playoffs between um, uh, in the game between uh, New Orleans and uh, Minnesota, the miracle in Minnesota, the Minnesota miracle, or whatever they're calling it, when uh, Stephon Diggs caught that ball and scored a touchdown on the last play of the game, and the defender from uh, uh, the Saints, I cannot think of his name right now, just whiffed on him. Why did he whiff on him? Because Stephon Diggs went up to make that play. He, the defender decided before, well before that ball even got there, he was going to just duck his head and just throw his body in the direction that he thought he saw Diggs, and he misread it, and his body just whooshed right by Stephon Diggs, didn't even touch him. And Stephon Diggs was thinking like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm going to catch this ball, but I'm going to get racked when I, get, when, I, you know, when, I, when I come down. Stephon Diggs could not believe that he had caught the ball and basically landed on his feet and hadn't been touched by anyone because that safety had a beat on him. All he had to do was catch Stephon Diggs in the air and, and lay down with him. But no, he ducked his head and threw his shoulder, you know, and lead, led with his shoulder and just, just went to throw his body into him and he missed. He missed. And then Stephon Diggs takes the ball to the house and the, and the Minnesota Vikings go on in the playoffs. That's exactly what Tedrick uh, Thompson did. And this time, the guy wasn't even jumping in the air to make a catch. He was just running. And before, before uh, Tedrick Thompson lower, uh, got, his body got to him, he stopped and Tedrick, Tedrick Thompson blew right by him. Swing and a miss. I'm sick and tired of seeing that crap. Let's do, let's do Hawk tackling again. Let's keep our head up. Let's lead with the shoulder. Take your head out of it like you're supposed to so we don't get called for some silly penalty. Wrap up your player. Make the tackle. Make the tackle. Who else did it? Somebody else did it later on in the game. I think it was um, Flowers. No, who was it? It was, uh, gosh, it was somebody else did the same thing at, at a later point in the game. Make the tackle. Wrap the player up. I'm tired of seeing it. 
All right, that's my rant for this for this uh, podcast. Um, Pete Carroll is. Uh, it, it appears that um, we are going to stick with this um, with this four three base uh, more often than not on defense. Uh, I really thought that you would see quite a bit more nickel, and we did actually see quite a bit more nickel in this game, but only because it was absolutely necessary in like a, a two minute drill situation. We uh, got a lot more nickel out there, um, but. Um, it was a it was a, it was a situation you know that out of necessity it wasn't it wasn't a, a philosophy change or even a, a style change um why we did it um you know jamar taylor actually played pretty good i think from his uh nickel spot all things considered um you know but he's not going to get a lot of chances out there on the field because we're going four three base um and i can understand it to a point, as long as it works, as long as it works, and I'm not suggesting that it's not working or, or, or will stop working, but as long as it works, okay. But we can't be so stubborn that we're going to continue to do it when it's not working. And what the Rams did was, they Rams said, fine. I mean, you look at uh, the running game for the Rams. Um, what did uh, Todd Gurley end with? Let me uh, pull up the, the stats for that game real quick. Uh, Todd Gurley... Ended up with 15 carries for 51 yards. And he was running the ball hard early in the game. I think he had actually 60 or 60-something, but I think he might have took a couple of losses that brought his uh, total uh, his total down. But 15 carries for 51 yards. Um, and early in the game, it was looking like he was going to just keep on running over us. Um, the Rams, it, it seems, decided that all right, hey, if Seattle's going to keep running this 4-3 base, then we're not going to just keep running the ball into this into this 4-3 base. I mean, a 4-3 base is, is, is the, the purpose of it is to make the def, make the offense one-dimensional. They're going to force the pass. We're going to stop the run, okay, take the run out of it, which we did. So the Rams said, fine, we're going to throw the ball on first down. <laughs> they started doing it. They started, they started throwing the ball on, on, on running downs, on typical running downs. Um, and that allowed, you know, Jared Goff threw the ball 50 times, 49 times for nearly 400 yards. Uh, but the, but it, you know, the defense played well enough, um, you know, to, 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 to get us the win when it was all said and done. Um, so this four, three base, you know, I, I'm not saying that I want to see it change. I just hope that, um, we aren't so stubborn as to, um, you know, not change it when it needs to be changed. I feel like in that playoff game against Dallas, Dallas last year, um, our run first attitude, um, you know, I think we were stubborn to not change it up a bit. We went out there and just kept on running the ball. And I feel like we were uh, we were foolish as a team to keep on running the ball when the running game was not working. Um, and we should have we should have moved away from the run. I don't want to say abandon it, but it wasn't working. Because it wasn't it, it wasn't a situation where we were down big, and so we needed to stop running because we, we had to throw just to get down the field and score points. It wasn't one of those situations. So to to stop running the ball at that point would have truly been a, a philosophy change, right? A game plan change. But you don't change the game plan when you're in the game. You know, that's just not something you do. If you're in the game, you stick to the game plan. Now, if you if 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 everything's gone to hell, then you think about changing things up, right? But I, I like to think that we can maybe not be so foolish as to uh, keep doing something that's not working um, just because it's the game plan. 
But we made it out of the game with the win. And I said before, this was the game. I'm so happy the game didn't disappoint. It was a great game. Great game. Uh, like I said, full of emotion, full of, full of, we, we, we enshrined uh, um, uh, Paul Allen into the Ring of Honor, uh, which is, it was so perfectly fitting that Paul Allen, who is the man who saved football in Seattle, you know, who saved the, the 12s, formerly known as the 12th man, because we can't call him that anymore. But the 12, the number 12 in Seattle is, is what it is right now. Um, still is because of Paul Allen. And how just fitting is it that he ended up being the 12th um, person to be, uh, to be put up on the, on the, on the ring of honor. That's, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, no better person should be the 12th, the 12th man than that 12th man. Um, so that, that was awesome. That's great. So you know, there was a lot of emotion to be able to come out of there with a win. Russell Wilson was crying like he always does when something big happens. <laughs> no disrespect, Russ. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and it was great. It was great. We really, we, now, can we do that again on the road in December? Let's see. I'm actually going to be going to that game. I'm looking forward to that. I cannot wait for December to get here because I will be at the uh, uh, Seahawks at Rams um, in December. That's going to be great. Um, can we do it again? That would be awesome. And the reality of it is now, even though you look at the standings, Seattle now holds the number two spot in the division. I think I would not be by myself when I say that we're the, we're the, first, the best team in the division, despite the fact that the 49ers are 3-0. Uh, they have the Browns coming up on Sunday, and the Browns are going to, I think, first of all, the 49ers, <laughs> I'm being such a hater when it comes to this, but the 49ers have not played anybody. They've played no one, um, and and they have, uh, they've had a, a, a easy schedule to open up, but they have an early bye. That's a bad thing. Um, they've got some big games coming up. That's a bad thing. Um, I believe the Browns are going to beat the 49ers on Sunday, and... Um, and uh, we will at that point be first place in the division based on um, based on division record. We have two division wins already. We have two division wins already. We are two games uh, 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 to the advantage on the rest of the division already at this point because we beat Arizona and now we beat the Rams. We're two and zero in the division. That's huge. That's huge. Like record is obviously one thing, but when you get when you've got the division record advantage, that means that means the world when it comes to playoff seating. So, man, it was great. It was it was uh, a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of intensity. But the Seahawks came out on top. We get to go uh, play. We play the Browns actually uh, next week after we get this long break. I think we play the Browns next, right? I always hate when I, I get a little unsure of myself sometimes and I'm talking about what's going on. Yeah, we've got the Browns next. We've got the Browns at 10 a.m. on the 13th of October. So we're traveling, you know, traveling to the other side of, uh, well, sort of to the other side of the country um, and playing at 10 a.m. Another one of those things that we that we historically have not been great at doing, but, um, uh, you know, but we've seemed to be better at it. We went to Pittsburgh and, and, and got a big win this year. Um so we got to make sure that we don't let Odell Beckham do terrible things to us, even though Odell Beckham is on my fantasy team. What a bum he's been on fantasy. Odell Beckham has done nothing in fantasy 
uh, uh, this season. I think he had a good week one, and then he's been quiet ever since. I, I would be, I could potentially be undefeated right now in fantasy if Odell Beckham was just, um, you know, doing what Odell Beckham is known for. Luckily, luckily, uh, on Thursday I had. So I'm such a homer, right? This is why I don't play fantasy because, and this is why I don't bet on football, because I'm far too emotionally invested in 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 football and in in the Seahawks in particular. I'm far too emotionally invested to ever even consider getting financially invested, because if if I I I I, I do everything with my heart when it comes to the Seahawks. I think about the Seahawks with my heart. I if I were to bet on the Seahawks. It wouldn't matter if the Seahawks were going up against the Greek gods. I would, if I had to bet, I'm picking the Seahawks because that's that's my heart. That's my heart. So I will, I will, if I if I became financially invested um, into this thing that I, I already had such an emotional investment in, um, if I had a bad day on both accounts, you know, you might, you know, you know what happens. You know, you know you'll hear about those uh, people jumping off of buildings and stuff like that. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's already bad enough. It's already bad enough with the emotional uh, uh, roller coaster that I have to go through. I can't take a financial a financial hit as well. Oh well, we are four and one. We look good. We look we look really good um, at this point of the season. I mean, you can't uh, you you can't get mad. I mean, um, the, the 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 conference has not really separated itself just yet. Um, you've got, uh, the, in the NFC East, you've got, uh, three and one Cowboys. Um, you've got the three and oh Niners, four and one Seahawks. Um, in the North, you've got the three and one, three and three and one Bears and Packers. Um, and in the South, you've got the uh, three and one Saints. So the, you know, but even, even with those front runners, you're only separated by a game at the next, next level down. So. Um, you know, very few teams have shown that they just aren't going to be it this year. It, a lot of things can happen. The Falcons are probably the biggest surprise at one and three. Falcons got to be the biggest surprise. But we'll have to do a show where we talk a little more about the other guys at a later time. But that's it. Hey, it was a great game. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I thought my voice was going to be gone on Friday when I went to work because it was definitely getting hoarse by the time I uh, got home Thursday night. But um, great game. And uh, we'll hopefully keep the ball rolling next week against the Browns. It's going to be a sorry Sunday. I hate when that's the only bad thing about playing on it any day other than Sunday. I, my, my, my life is my life is geared around Sunday football. So when we play on Thursdays, I'm like, great, I got my Seahawk dose early. But then on Sunday, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to watch? What am I going to, what's going on, you know? Uh, and then if we play on Monday, all day Sunday, all I'm doing is just really just, you know, you know just kind of just pining for the Seahawks. Like, Come on, let's, I, I want to hurry up and go to bed and go to work so I can get off work and go watch the game. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, before I uh, go off on any more tangents, this is Robert Ingle. Oh, before I go. How could I forget? Make sure you check us out. Seattle Sports Union. That's www.seattlesportsunion.com on the web. At Seattle Sports Union on Twitter. At Seattle Sports U on Facebook. And Seattle Sports Union on uh, YouTube. Check us out for all things Seattle sports from the Seahawks to the to the Mist and everything in between. Um, uh, our Abraham, DeWeese, myself, and the rest of the team with our unlicensed professional opinions about all things going on um, in Seattle. Um, check us out.
Also, make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast to put it the RSS feed in your favorite um, podcast app like Apple Podcasts um, or just check out the website shortyardage.podbean.com. Podbean, P-O-D-B as in boy, E-A-N, podbean.com. Stay tuned. This is Rob English, your SoCal Seahawks, signing off. Go Hawks.